chapter 18. Now, if you recall, chapter 17, we pretty much identified Mystery Babylon the Great. Babylon. And I told you that I've, several times I've talked to Catholics, and I, I would assign them, as I want you to go get your Bible, read chapter 17 and 18. And then you come back and tell me what they mean. I didn't say a word about what they meant. And they come back, well, I know what you want. You, you want me to tell you that's the Catholic Church, don't you? I didn't say that. I want you to tell me what you think it's saying. And is that what you think it's saying? Must be. Because that's, that's a, what you've got on your mind there. So there's no way you can miss it. After these things, I saw another angel. This is another angel. <laughs> we got to really get down into the deep things here, don't we? Well, you do. If you read them commentaries, you have to. I saw another angel come down from heaven having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Now, I don't understand all that. I believe it's true. I don't really think that it's Christ but you tend to want to think maybe that's Christ because of those characteristics, but I, I don't think so. He cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. And that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, filled to her double. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrows give her, or sorrow give her. <clears throat> For she hath in her heart, or she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and thine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manner of vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble 
and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beast and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be, be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants, for the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. May the Lord add a blessing and read them. Revelation 18. Amen. Now I don't know that all churches ever hear that read like that. I don't know that they do. I don't think from what I hear from preachers, I don't think they do hear that. But anyway, if I hadn't said anything right, I, just, I said that right. I read that right, didn't I? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, I don't know who this angel is. I just know it's another angel. And has great power and the earth's lightened with his glory. I believe what it means what it says. I'm not going to try to find out any further who it is. I just believe it's another angel. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of demons. That word is daimonios, plural, demons. And the hold of every foul spirit. And a, that's dirty. And a cage of every unclean, that's dirty. Same word, foul and unclean, same word. A carthus. And hateful bird. That word's hate, missile. Hateful bird. Well, so we find out this thing is, has been here for a while. Uh, while I've got it on my mind, he said, for in her was found the blood of prophets 
and of saints. Well, this is Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. Now, yes, in the first century, there were still prophets in the early churches. The Bible says so. But also there's prophets in the Old Testament. And it said the blood of the prophets and of the saints, the martyrs, were found, was found in thee. I think Mr. Babylon the Great has been responsible for the blood of prophets all along. That's why we go back to Babel. Nimrod's place. All right. So, look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 8. There followed another angel, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Well, there it is again. That great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So there it is. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. It's for emphasis. It's got to be for emphasis. Look at, uh, at Isaiah 21. You see, the Bible's a complete book. The New Testament is not separate from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is not separate from the New Testament. Isaiah chapter 21. Verse 9. And behold, here cometh the chariot of men with a couple of horsemen. And he answered and said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And all the graven images of her gods he hath broken into the ground. One of this is talking about Babylon. Babylonian city, the Neo-Babylonian Empire. This is 700 years before Christ. But look here, we got twice over here. It's well past that. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Chapter 14 are those visions we said they were proleptic as if they'd already happened, presented as if they'd already occurred. We've got, got that here. And so, look what Babylon has, had become. And obviously, we found out this is Rome. Yes. The city that's set on seven hills. It <clears throat> still is. But here's what, I knew this when I was over there. When we came through Rome, we were there in the, so-called St. Peter's Cathedral, the Vatican. But see, that's one of the names of one of the hills that, that the Vatican sits on is Vaticanus. That's the name. That's where that name came from. didn't just come from out of the air. <laughs> anyway, the habitation, that is the dwelling place, kind of permanent dwelling place, of demons. And the whole of every foul spirit. You 
You see all through the New Testament, the Old Testament, evil spirits, foul spirits. There are demons also. And a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now, I know we all love birds. But in the New Testament, look over Matthew 13. Verse 31. Another. See, this wouldn't be the same one as you just got done reading before. This would be another one. I'm, just, I'm messing with it now. The commentaries tell me it's the same. No, it's another one. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which is which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. Now the liberals say, those that want to deny the Bible, they say, well, see, there are smaller seeds than a mustard seed. Probably in Jerusalem, at that time, this was the smallest seed. They didn't have atomic microscopes. But it was, for all practical purposes, it was the smallest seed. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. And becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. So that's what happens to a mustard tree. It comes from a small seed and it grows big. Well, the kingdom of heaven on earth, that's what it is. The king, that be the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's the king and that's the, king, that's the territory. Uh, anyway, it started out small. I mean, Jesus came and he began to call out his apostles. And he called 12 and ordained them to be apostles, the first members of his church that was built on the authority of Baptist baptism. But it was small. An assembly of 12 people and a pastor is indeed small. Matter of fact, the majority of people in this religious world today would say, oh, well, that's not really a church. That's what they added. Why, you got 12 people and the pastor? Why, you're joking. That ain't no church. That's the majority of them would say that. No, it was the only church. <laughs> At that time, it was the only one. All right, but now, 
did that kingdom of heaven grow? That is the apparent kingdom. It spread out and got big. And the birds of the air lodged in his branches. Those are false doctrines. Those are not good things. What are the, the epistles about? Not, about 99% of them are about heresies going on in the Lord's churches in that first century. Well, look at the next one. Another pen. This is not the same one. It's a different one. <laughs> I don't know that I'll ever get over that. <laughs> Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Continuing on with that same theme, Parabolic teachings here. Small seed grows big and the birds of the air roost in its branches. Heresies. Still small, a lump of dough. And a woman comes and puts in leaven. Well, we've got some right around us that teach that this leaven is the gospel. Huh? The preterist, the gospel millennial people. That's what they say. But I can't I can't find any reason to believe that leaven here indicates anything other than either sin or false doctrine. Amen. Everywhere else that's what it believe what it teaches. And we're in this context. We've already got this established, the birds of the air, the heresies, and now, just how widespread will it be? Well, it'll be like a woman. Not that a woman's any worse than anybody else, but if you remember the church at Thyatira, you had Jezebel in there teaching. What's she doing? She's putting leaven in. And... Uh, well, the thing about this, we have to preach the truth. Amen. We need to speak it. We need to proclaim it. Every one of us do in our own capacity, in our own Amen. sphere. Because the truth won't preach itself. You can't destroy the truth. Truth is... But you and I can't destroy it, but it won't promote itself. However, sin and heresy has a life all its own, just like leaven. When that woman put that leaven in that dough, she didn't have to touch it. Back off from it. And there it is, it works its way through and through until it leavens the whole lump. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? And this leaven works its way till the whole was leavened. Well, all right. Here he says that this 
Babylon has become a cage. Now that's the word, Greek word, phulakis. Prison. Of every unclean, filthy, and hateful bird. Well, what is it about Catholic doctrine that's filthy and hateful? Oh, we haven't got time to get into all of it. Hateful? How many people have they murdered in the New Testament era after Constantine? How many? But actually, Mystery Babylon was already here. I won't give credit to the Catholic Church for being here until at least after Constantine. But I will have to give credit for Mystery Babylon the Great to be here since Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. Do you see my point? Now, hateful bird. Miseo. If you hate somebody, that's mental murder. And that'll lead to physical murder. And that's the word there. And that's what all these birds are. If you've seen my slides, you've seen from, well, from the Samuel Morland's book, The History of the Evangelical Churches of the Valley of the Piedmonts, seen those uh, woodcuts from there, and also from Martyr's Mirror, and also from a few other places. And almost everywhere we saw Baptists being stretched until their arms were pulled out of place. Even in Peru it was being done. Raise them up with their hands tied behind their back. Raise them up by their hands until they, their weight drops down and their shoulders both come completely out of joint. Imagine how, how painful. Every hateful bird and they said, we're doing right. Serving the Lord. Anyway, when I was over there in the St. Peter's so-called Basilica, I knew I was in a den of demons. Well, I'll get on with this. First Corinthians 10th chapter. This little bit of basic teaching that everybody needs. First Corinthians ten. First Corinthians chapter ten. Verse 14, he says, Wherefore, my beloved, dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Oh, well, we don't need to preach that now. There ain't no more idolatry. <laughs> more now than ever. He says, Now, the cup of blessing which we bless, that's the Lord's Supper. 
Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Now he writes to the church, the assembly at Corinth. This applies to every church that is a true church as a church. Behold Israel after the flesh, are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar? What say I then, that the idol is anything, or that which is offered and sacrificed to idols is anything? Now, he's talking about eating meat offered to idols. And that day, with all the heathen there in Corinth, idolatry, well, you got you had that Parthenon, the Acropolis and all those others. I've seen them all. And they offered meat to those false gods. There ain't no, they're, they're all false gods. Amen. There's only one God. Amen. But they would sell that meat. Romans talks about this a little too. They would sell that meat in a place called the Shambles. It was a meat market where this meat that had been offered to these idols had been offered there, but they they sold it like almost used meat. And it was a lot cheaper than regular. And so should we eat that meat? Well, Paul's telling them that that meat, that idol can't do anything to that meat in reality. But he said, I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons. And not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with demons. So understand this. If you see an idol. They got the little woman with the hoodie on. That's an idol. Hanging from a mirror. Or sitting on a dash with the magnet. That's an idol. And you need to rest assured that there's a demon Right there pushing that idol. He says you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. You can't have fellowship with those demons. I don't think there's anything wrong with eating that meat if you understand what you're doing. But you can't have fellowship with them. This is all about, you don't ever hear this with the Lord's Supper. This is all about the Lord's Supper, though. That's what it's about. Anyway, what I wanted to get across here, the Bible definitely tells us that idols, that's where demons live. And that's why they're still with us. Because those demons push those, those spirit beings, those fallen angels who are demons, that's when you... And let me tell you, when I was in the Vatican, I absolutely could feel I'm in the presence. I'm in the hold of demons. This is the, this is the mother of all demon houses right here. Foul spirits and hateful birds. Now, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The fornication is going to bring the wrath of God. That's the wine of the wrath of the fornication. 
And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And I told you last week, reminded you, that from 800 on, it was actually started before that, but from 800 on, the formulation of the Holy Roman Empire. It's in all the history books. Very few ever hear about it. Very few ever heard about the Holy Roman Empire. But that's what Charlemagne is ahead of. He was. And every nation, every country that he captured, he subjugated those countries and turned them over to the Pope. He took about half of the spoils and gave the rest of it to the Pope. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. There are merchants that make a lot of money off the Catholic Church. Always have. We get into that here. Now, Verse 7, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. Have you ever watched a Catholic pro procession in Mexico or Brazil or Spain, Italy? Men carry the Pope and the Pope chair on their shoulders. I can't think of another nation with a king or a queen that rides like that. Do you know that the Roman Catholic Church, if not the, they're right up there, but I think it's the richest institution on the face of the earth. And here's what God says to him. Verse 4, I heard another voice from heaven <clears throat> saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. Now, are there any saved people in the Roman Catholic or Greek Catholic churches? I don't even want to say yes, but I have to. Because I know what the Bible says. God says, come out of her, my people. He must have some people in there. But here's what I say to all of these loving Baptist preachers that butter wouldn't melt in their mouth. 
They love everybody and everybody loves them. If you don't tell Catholics what they're involved in, how are they ever going to know to come out of them? Well, I know that the early folks, the early believers, the early Baptists, anti-Baptists, and Novations and all of them, I know they told. And they got their heads cut off for it. How many millions of them did? They got burned alive at the stake. Skinned alive and drowned. One of my trips to uh, to Europe. We were in Warsaw, Poland. If you remember the Second World War. The Warsaw Ghetto, that the Nazis had taken over Poland, and they pushed all the Jews into one place. Now, these blacks in this country talk about a ghetto. They don't know what a ghetto is. They should see what the ghetto was in Warsaw, Poland. That was a ghetto. Anyway, Finally, the Germans, the Nazis, they leveled it. Murdered all of them. But anyway, we went to Poland. Matter of fact, I preached right down there where the ghetto was. But you know what those, what those Jews did? They got word that it was going to be leveled. All that fancy woodwork, you know, those big old palatial Buildings, I mean, like castles they were. Old world craftsmen. Big woodwork, baseboards, crown molds, and all that. They took samples of every piece and marked it where it came from, where it was. And hid it until after the war. They have rebuilt the Warsaw Ghetto and all of the buildings are restored to exactly what they were before Mr. Hitler ever came along. I thought that was pretty pretty fine, wasn't it? Anyway, went out with some boys that were missionaries. One of them came here. Uh, Brent. Anybody remember him? Yes. Had him preach here. Good men. I had a little differences. We, they were Baptists from Texas. but <clears throat> They weren't as sound as me, but they were pretty sound. But his buddy, a little fellow, not big as nothing. Had his wife and kids over there. I mean, they were struggling. But they had these tracks put out by Chick. And they're printed in the Polish language. You know, they look like cart- like uh, comic books. Well, they got messages there. They had them on the Catholic Church. Now, you talk about a lot of guts. That little old fellow didn't look big enough to, to whip a cat. But they got out on the street corner and 
downtown Warsaw, Poland, a Catholic communist country and passed out those tracts. And he had a great big sore right between his eyes where one of them poles walked up to him and put a cigarette on his forehead. But you know what he did? Reached his bag and got some more tracks. Stood right there. <laughs> kind of people I like to be with. <laughs> anyway, that's what our forefathers and mothers have always done. Oh, well, you need to just preach love. You don't need to preach all that stuff to them. Come out of her, my people, is what the Lord says. How are they going to know to come out if we don't preach it to them? For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. We'll take the rest of it up next time.